Welcome to Adulting, the podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting. I am Harlan Landis, and I'm here with Miranda Marquette. How are you doing, Miranda? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? I am also doing really well. So are you dreaming about being your own boss right now? <laughs> well, uh, I kind of am, and I'm kind of not. <laughs> it's hard because uh, we talk about being your own boss as, as an entrepreneur, but a lot of the time you find out that you're really not your own boss. Oh, you're at no the way. mercy of everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the dream is like not having you know, someone, you know, a supervisor who gives you a hard time, right? I mean, that's that's why a lot of people want to quit, right? It's because of the people they work with, often their supervisor. They want to quit their jobs, strike out on their own. And, you know, this is exactly what my friend Darren did with his life, right? He hated working for another person um, and just had a horrible time. And he said, listen, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be my own boss. So I'm saying how things go around the office and have more freedom to create a business. And it wasn't so much about making money. It was about having that freedom. And I think a lot of people are in the same situation. Now, Darren, are you listening, Darren? How you doing, Darren? I think he found out like all of us do once you start working for yourself, there's you, you have bosses. They're just your clients, right? You want to keep them happy because they're paying the bills. They're making you money. So you have to answer to them, at least in some form. So it's like it's a, you never don't have a boss in this world. Someone is always directing what you do in order to make money. Right. Someone's always going to be there to tell you what to do. But I thought it was interesting that you pointed out the freedom. Because that's really what's most important to me and what I love about working from home and kind of being out there and not having a quote unquote real job. Although I have a real job now, sort of. <laughs> I, I get to work from home at it, it, but I now have a regular paycheck to go along with it. It's a new and interesting thing. But I do think it's interesting that you pointed out this freedom because according to Bloomberg, uh, small businesses aren't making very much money. So, so I hope freedom's more important to you than money when you get out there to be an entrepreneur because you're probably going to have more freedom than you have money. Well, I got to tell you, you know, money and freedom are linked to, you know, in, in at least some respects. I, I think, you know, the freedom that we hope to have is the freedom to be able to decide, oh, I'm not going to go into work, you know, this week. You know, there's this, you know, my people are going to take care of everything. I can, I can just take a, vacation at the last minute. And that's the kind of freedom that people want. You know, they want to have control over the time that they have in their lives. But we think that we're going to get that as an entrepreneur because we're in charge. But according to this study that Bloomberg has written about, and it's a study from the J.P. Morgan Chase Institute, most small businesses, especially those who are, you know, basically one-person businesses, are not making much money at all. So this dream of owning your company that does exactly what you've been doing, you know, your whole life working for some big corporation, you know, you started off small, you know, for yourself, just looking at those who are successful, the way they're successful, they're successful with a pretty small profit margin. So 
if we're looking to stop living paycheck to paycheck and we want financial independence, it's not necessarily guaranteed as an entrepreneur. For some reason, though, people everywhere, especially online, are saying your key to being financially independent or being wealthy is becoming an entrepreneur. And I think it really started with The Millionaire Next Door, which is a great book, but also gave a lot of people some pretty scary ideas about what they can do working for themselves. I think one of the issues though you run into is it is very difficult to make money. Like we said with this article, they show they're operating on very small margins. And I guess if you want to be like a part-time entrepreneur, it can make sense in some ways because I I like the idea of, I like to talk about income diversity. And it's not so much that you're relying on your entrepreneurship to make a ton of money and to make you financially independent and wealthy. It's more about, hey, where are you getting your revenue streams from? Because trying to just rely on your entrepreneurship can actually be just as detrimental as relying on uh, one single job where you have one source of income, what happens if you get fired? What happens if you get laid off? What if you are injured? So I like to think of it more in terms of income diversity. Do you have different ways of generating revenue? Maybe a little side business. So maybe you could be a part-time entrepreneur. Maybe you do some income investing so that you have a little bit of dividend income, things like that. Or maybe you know you have some way to generate royalties. I think it's more about diversity of income and revenue sources than it necessarily is, well, you know, quit your job, be an entrepreneur, and you'll be financially free forever. Yeah. Along those lines, I ended up becoming an entrepreneur. I had no plans to do so. I had no desire to do so. I didn't even like the word entrepreneur. It sounded like, you know, kind of like the word hustle, too. I mean, these are these are words associated with scams and sleazy people. I had no desire to be an entrepreneur. Of course, that's not the case. And that isn't how the world is. That's just how my view of it was. But I still don't necessarily like the word all that much. I started off in college working for my professors, teaching them how to build websites. And although I didn't know it at the time, I was on a different course of study planning to get a totally unrelated degree. Um, But I was doing all this because, you know, it helped me pay for college in some respect, and it helped me do the things that I wanted to do. Uh, But there I was becoming an entrepreneur in college when I never would have really considered myself one. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I never really considered myself one either until somebody told me, oh, you're an entrepreneur. You know, you started your own business. So I guess that begs the question, what is entrepreneurship? What does it actually mean? Because really what I fall into is this category, this new category of here's another word for you that I know you're going to love, the solopreneur. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Where you're, you're basically just working on your own and starting some sort of a lifestyle business or a blog or, you know, you're like me, you're a freelancer. Uh, Freelancer. Yeah. Freelancers can certainly be entrepreneurs. I mean, there's certainly overlap. No, I definitely see myself more as a freelancer than I do an entrepreneur. Yeah. People have called me an entrepreneur or a solopreneur. And even in one article, I was called a mompreneur. (sighs) Well, I mean, you know, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with making up words. I mean, that's what English is. It's all made up words. Hey, Shakespeare. (laughs) Hey, you know, I'm sure. He made up lots of words for us. He made up words. He took words that were probably never printed before, but were probably spoken. And, you know, it's, it's all... 
that's what English is. Let's just make up some words. It's fine. It's fine. It's just, you know, it's just funny. So yeah, so that's what entrepreneurship is. It just means starting something. An enterprise is something that is started. An entrepreneur begins an enterprise. And entrepreneurship is the idea of beginning things. They could be businesses. They could not be businesses. It doesn't really matter. Just starting something. And it could be a big something. It could be a small something. It could be long-term something. It could be short-term something. And the funny thing is, I've been great at starting things. It's always the follow-through and the completion where, you know, those aren't my strengths. I, I can have a great idea. I throw something together, start it, and then get distracted by the next thing that I want to start. I've gotten certainly a lot better at that, especially as certain things became successful. You know, success requires spending some time with something. So that kind of precluded me from starting other things. But I'm a serial starter of things. (laughs) A serial starter of things. I like it. (laughs) But but this lifestyle, this idea of starting things, you know, it carries some risk and it might not be right for everybody. And just because people say, you know, just because there are articles written and there are books written about how entrepreneurship is the key to financial independence, it's the only way to get wealthy, it is the best way to live your life. People actually say that, you know, and they make judgments on people who refuse to do it. But it's not for everybody. It just isn't. And it doesn't have to be. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. We get caught up in this idea. Uh, I remember a few years ago, I was talking to somebody about, you know, we're talking about my lifestyle and how as a freelancer and how sometimes I worked on the weekends or at night, but, you know, but there were also times where during the day, uh, you know, I'm going to go have a spa day on Wednesday, or I'm going to meet a friend for lunch, or I'm able to, you know, take my son to whatever activity he's doing during the day, which means sometimes I work on the weekend or sometimes I work at night because I've decided to have a spa day on Wednesday. So now I have to work Saturday. And so they were talking about that and they were saying how they couldn't handle that because they didn't like the uncertainty and the strange schedule and then the idea of, you know, bringing your work home with you, of course. And they preferred the job that they went to where they were there and they were there from nine to five and they clocked in and when they clocked out, they were done and they could go home and live the rest of their lives. Some people like that and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think we need to move from you know, that judgment area where we say, oh, well, you have to do this to be successful or you have to do this to be happy and say, okay, well, find your own path and look inside yourself and figure out what's going to work best for you and then follow that. Yeah. It's one thing when you're discussing entrepreneurship, say you're, you're trying to go over the possibilities and figure out whether it's right for you. It's one thing to say, uh, I can't do that. You know, I, I'm not going to do that because I just can't do X, Y, Z. And it's another thing to say, well, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to do X, Y, Z. It just isn't something I want to do. I mean, if you want to do something and you feel that you're that you can't, there's probably no reason why you can't. And you probably have to look at what you can change in order to make things happen. And you can probably start very small. You don't have to make a big commitment at first. You don't have to dive into the deep end. You don't have to take a big risk. You can just dip your foot in the pool, so to speak, to continue along that metaphor. But if you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. No one, you don't, you, you shouldn't feel guilty about living a life in a way that someone else disagrees with. 
Right. And I think that brings us to the question of who is a good candidate for starting a business? Who is that person? that would be good for it. Well, we talked a little bit about risk. Um, I think, you know, you can manage risk as an entrepreneur as you get started. But I think, I think people who are willing to take a risk are more likely to end up being successful. And sometimes something that could be a risk for one person is not a, not as much of a risk for someone else. You have a good support system behind you, quitting your job and just blindly starting something new without any kind of market research or any faith that it's going to work. Some people can take that risk because they have a supporting spouse who's still paying the bills or they're living at home with their family. Not everyone has that type of advantage. So a risk for one person isn't necessarily the same risk for someone else. Someone who can make those choices comfortably is probably going to be more suited to be an entrepreneur, whether that's because a higher they have a higher tolerance for risk or it's because they've been able to manage some of that risk by having some support system in place or, or other features in their life that make the choice to do something less risky. I think another thing is a lot of entrepreneurs, they're kind of the first to volunteer in public. They like to be the center of attention. Uh, they don't mind having that spotlight on them. Yeah, I think, you know, from what I'm seeing, I mean, I've seen, you know, a lot of my entrepreneur experience exists in a form that involves online publishing and kind of putting a website out there. And what I've seen over time as more people become interested in this and those that are more successful are also more likely to put themselves at front and center and are willing to be a personal brand and are willing to go out in public and speak uh, and are willing to go on TV and speak. So I think, you know, a lot of the time, you know, the people who, if you're if you're willing to put yourself in front and willing to volunteer and jump up on stage, that is a really good quality for a successful entrepreneur. And a lot of these things that we're talking about fall under personality type as, you know, it's kind of been defined by the Myers-Briggs personality test. Um, And there's one of these 16... um, uh, total types uh, across four variables um, is called the entrepreneur, um, and that's ESTP. So we can talk a little bit about what ESTP means, first of all, and see if you fit in with some of this description. Um, and maybe that can help you kind of uh, see if you're right for if you have the right personality to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's a really good point. And we'll we'll include a link to the 16 Personalities website and ESTP so that you can look at that in the show notes. Right. And, you know, before we talk about this a little bit, I am kind of curious, Harlan. I mean, I am an INTJ. What are you? I am an INFP. So we should probably talk about what those letters mean just kind of quickly right. because I know that not everybody has taken this personality quiz. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, so the first letter... Uh, is going to be an I or an E. Uh, So that will stand for introvert or extrovert. Now, extrovert doesn't necessarily mean you're great at, you know, going out in front of people, public speaking, and introvert means that you're not good at those things. It just means that you draw your energy from focusing within yourself or focusing on other people. That's the E, the extrovert. Right. And an entrepreneur who is an ESTP type 
is an extrovert. Well, according to this. According to uh, this, yes. Right. This, some of this is stereotyped and some of this is, you know, not necessarily, you know, you don't have to live your life by this. Right. So let's go to the second letter. So the second letter <laughs> is an S or an N. S would stand for sensing and N would stand for intuition. You know, these are a little harder to kind of separate, I guess. But I guess sensing comes from your five senses. Um, you want proof. You need to see it. You need to feel it. You need to uh, hear it. And the intuition side is more about trusting kind of like the sixth sense you have about something. Gut feelings. Right. I, I, think that's, I think that's a good way to kind of characterize the difference between S and N in this uh, framework. Do you love how you and I totally strike out? on the entrepreneur personality here starting out. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm almost <laughs> Since completely we're INs to start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're both INs, so we're we're both kind of not really destined to be entrepreneurs, which is kind of what right. we both think, but here we are. So Right. And we're both successful, so <laughs> Yay. <laughs> but yeah, so then uh, the third letter, our T's are our I N T F. F would be F. the opposite. F. Yes. Yeah, so yes. that's cuz I'm a T on this one. So. And I am an F. Right. So that's thinking versus feeling. T is sort of the logical side of things, and F is the emotional side of things. Which is what makes being an INTJ so much fun. <laughs> it's that weird intuition mix with the thinking. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, e either way, I mean, it's an interesting mix. I mean, and it's not even completely one or the other on each dimension. There is a whole spectrum. Like, I am actually pretty close to the middle between E and I. Right. But, you know, you could be all the way on one end of the spectrum or another, or you can be closer to the middle. And for T and F, even though they seem like complete opposites, you could still be towards the middle. Right. And then the last one. Okay, the last one's interesting. The J or the P? The J or the P. So the J is judging. The P That's is me. <laughs> that is not me. And the P is no. perceiving, um, which is also kind of not me because I'm. I tend to be kind of. I miss things sometimes, but um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So that's basically how you uh, form opinions um, on things. You know, P will be. Um, you know, kind of, again, kind of the um, very specific, uh, um, you know, uh, objective, I guess, approach. And J is often a subjective approach to, you know, just your outward approach. Yeah. So, yeah. So going through all <laughs> of that. So what we have is the entrepreneur is what they call the ESTP personality type. And so that's uh, extroverted, sensing, thinking, perceiving. Right. And I think it is important to note that even though a lot of these traits go well with entrepreneurship of the entrepreneur, the reality is, is you don't have to be an ESTP to succeed. Oh, no, of course. I mean, this is... This whole framework is just a way to kind of generalize and stereotype people. It really has some bearing in the real world, but mostly just as kind of guidelines. And you're not forced into the category that you're in, especially because, like we talked about, there's really a spectrum here. You know, even if you're 1% closer to I than you are to E, you're going to be classified as an I. So you just have to think about these things. And anybody can be an entrepreneur if they want to be, if they have the capacity in their life to bring that into their world. Um, you don't have to be an ESTP. It just so happens that a lot of the personality 
traits that go along with ESTP just happen to be things that help entrepreneurs. Right. And so kind of moving on from, you know, this ESTP Myers-Briggs thing, Entrepreneur Magazine, Entrepreneur, uh, has a list of the common characteristics of successful entrepreneurs. And I thought it would be kind of good to look at those, some of these characteristics, some things that can help you succeed if you decide that becoming a successful entrepreneur is for you. And And I like this list because these are mostly things that you can develop. They're skills you can develop, even if it's not something you're naturally talented at. Uh, it's something you can develop. Yeah, you know, this article from Entrepreneur, which we'll link to, was a good starting place. I think a lot of it was a little superfluous. I grouped some of them together, and I think we don't need to talk about all of them. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's there, there are definitely trends within, you know, these characteristics. And, you know, they're important things to think about because maybe you have this characteristic, maybe you can work on just developing these characteristics so that you can increase the chance of being successful when you go out and try to do something entrepreneurial related. Right. And so I think one of the the interesting things is, you know, they're starting about uh, do something you enjoy uh, because it's hard to stick with it if you don't like what you're doing. Right. Yeah. This is something that you, you know, depending on how deep you go into this and a lot of entrepreneurs want to go deep because that's where they see the most success. Of course, when you're just starting off, you're going to just try things out, see how it goes. But doing what you enjoy is really the key to being successful at anything, because if you enjoy doing it, you're just going to keep going regardless of the obstacles that are in your way, because you just enjoy it so much. When you enjoy something, it overpowers any of the bad, um, you know, any of the struggles, any anything that could really derail you from what you're doing or distract you. Just being able to enjoy it is important. Um, And, you know, that's not always, that doesn't mean it has to be something that's fun. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're your entrepreneurial choice has to be some kind of game that is something that other people are going to enjoy. You just have to enjoy something about it. You know, even if, if say you're a finance type of person, um, say you like playing with numbers and you like accounting, maybe, I don't know. Um, it could be something related to this and you find a way to bring that, you know, make that your own business. And it may not be something fun, so to speak, but it's something that you get some enjoyment out of. So you're more likely to continue and more likely to continue until you see success and not give up. And along those same lines, I think it's important to take those things that you're doing and take them seriously. Now, I don't take myself too seriously. I, <laughs> I, have, I have fun at the expense of myself all the time. But when it comes to doing something and doing it well, I want to do things well, so I will take them seriously. And, you know, whether it's a business or whether I'm volunteering for an organization, I want to be good at what I'm doing. So I am going to take it seriously, but I'm not going to be, you know, a serious guy. I've got humor somewhere. Um, I think. Sure you do. I'm sure if we poke <laughs> you long enough, it'll, it'll show up. Yeah. Something no, will. I'm kidding. Yeah. Something will happen if you poke <laughs> me. That's, that's for sure. It may uh, not be funny. <laughs> may not be funny, but take what you do seriously. Don't take yourself too seriously. I think that's really a, a, a a good good char- characteristic of being a successful entrepreneur. Right. And part of that, as far as taking it seriously and making sure that you are taking it seriously, I think part of that is uh, planning things and staying organized. And uh, we... 
we all have trouble with this sometimes, I think. Mm -hmm. But um, if you can plan a few things out, get a little bit organized, then that helps you stay on track and and helps you lay out a plan so that you have an idea of where you're going. Uh, One of the biggest problems I had when I started this journey was I didn't realize that my writing, that my freelancing could be like a full on business. It didn't occur to me. And so I never had a plan for it. And so things were always uh, cropping up and taxes were coming due because I hadn't planned to pay them. And just all of these things were coming up and having contracts and thinking about how I would take the next step or what I would do next. None of that came up because I never thought of this as a, as a business. And once I started thinking about this as a business, I started getting more organized. I started, I got an accountant. I started looking ahead and saying, okay, what, what sort of marketing do I need to do? What sort of, how, how do I build my reputation? How do I build my social media presence? I started thinking about these things and planning them out once I started thinking of it as a business. And if you are going to be successful, you do need to think ahead and kind of plan that out and be organized. Yeah, and that's something I often struggle with, but I've had to find ways to make it work because as an entrepreneur, I was in charge of it. So if I wanted things to succeed, I was the one who had to come up with a plan. Along those same lines, you know, when you're staying organized, you want to manage your money wisely and you want to make sure you're doing the right things from a financial perspective and you're paying attention to the finances not just of whatever it is you're doing as an entrepreneur but your personal life as well because they are going to be intertwined quite a bit even if you separate things legally and you open up a business and you're an llc or you're a corporation and you're legally protected still as a business owner even if the business is just yourself your finances are going to be affected by what you do. So managing the business's finances and managing your personal finances, those have to be front and center to make sure you're you're staying completely aware of what's going on financially. You want to know if there are any warning signs coming down the road with your business. You want to see what's going to happen several months in advance at least, probably even more if you're a bigger business, and be able to plan for things when you don't, uh, when you won't be able to know, know what's coming in. I mean, you know, the income for an entrepreneur, you know, it's not like getting a paycheck every month or every two weeks where you know what you're going to get and you're pretty sure unless you get fired that it's going to be the same every week until you get a promotion or a raise or a bonus. Um, You can predict, you can budget, you can make plans. As an entrepreneur, you can look for some things that are steady, but often, especially as a small business entrepreneur, you're going to find that things are a little variable and you have to adjust the way you plan for your life, even personally, um, when you are, you know, when you're only an entrepreneur and that is, you know, what you're looking on for your, your sole source of income. Right. And I think along with that, if you're selling things, you got to know your customer, you got to be able to ask for that sale and you've got to know how to do the customer service. And if you're doing a service oriented thing, like I do as a freelancer, you need to know your clients and you need to understand what they want from you and be able to deliver that. And we were talking at the beginning of the show about, Hey, be your own boss. Well, as a freelancer, a lot of the time, you know, people are like, Oh, you have this freedom and you can say no. And yes, I can say no to clients. But in the end, instead of just having one boss, now sometimes it feels like I have several bosses because I have to work with my clients and make sure that they're happy. 
And when you're selling something, you know, we have a friend, he sells handkerchiefs. Hello to Bumblebee Linens and Steve Chu and Jen Chu. They have a very generous customer service policy, a very generous return policy because they're very focused on the customer and making the customer happy. And you have to know uh, how to do that and you have to understand who your customers are and what they want so that you can properly deliver it to them. Yeah. And in addition to serving customers and clients, you have to serve the public in a certain way. You have to you have to put yourself out there a little bit. You have to promote whatever it is that you're trying to achieve because there are a lot of people out there who are doing something similar to you. And you need to show what the difference is and why people should become your customers or clients. And this is a tough thing for a lot of intra- entrepreneurs, especially those who may be introverted side, is you have to kind of make it about yourself a little more than you could be comfortable with. Now, some <laughs> right. people are very good about making their business about themselves um, and you know, make, uh, being the face of their, uh, their business or their company. And some people just aren't as inclined to do that. Uh, so you have to find a way to make it work for you. Uh, but promoting your business, promoting yourself, creating a persona for yourself where you are seen as an expert. I think that's that's really important in a lot of different um, spaces for, you know, a lot of different business types are just relying on people who make a strong case for themselves. Yeah. And that, and that's hard because you have to be able to walk that line between self-promotion and then moving into the obnoxious territory. Right. And I have a hard time actually with self-promotion. And I think over the years, uh, I've been fortunate enough that I've been able to kind of build a sort of solid, if somewhat quiet reputation uh, in the pre- personal freelance world. Is that something that's fair to say maybe? <laughs> yeah. So it's done a lot of favors for me, but I still have a hard time getting out and saying, Hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. It's hard. And, you know, we know people that do it very well and they do manage to strike that balance between appropriate self-promotion without going into obnoxiousness. And you do have to watch that. Yeah, you know, as any industry gets more competitive, it's those who promote themselves strongly who tend to see a lot of the uh, immediate improvements in their in their businesses and uh, steps towards success. That's not enough to keep people forever, but it is a way to get the attention that you need to get things moving. Right, for sure. So what are some of the do nows you can do? What if you've decided you have all of these characteristics, you're ready to go, you are going to be a successful entrepreneur. What are some of the things that you can do now to take those first steps? Well, I think one of the things that we can do is just say yes. You know, I've talked about saying yes quite a bit on adulting, but I think one of the reasons that people are afraid to become an entrepreneur is they're just not willing to take on risk. So sometimes you just have to say yes to an opportunity that that might be coming your way. Yeah, I like that idea of just saying yes. Another thing is to make a list of ideas for your business. A lot of the time we 
just be like, hey, this would be nice. So sit down, make that list of ideas, or even sit down and write a business plan or a, or a mission statement. Just sit down and make that first part of a business plan or the first part of a mission statement. Get something solid on paper. Yeah, I think putting it down on paper is the most important thing. More if you do it on paper and do it publicly. Uh, probably the primary reason I ended up starting a foundation was because I was asked in a very public place what my next step was, and I, I had given it some thought. And I thought, yeah, I, I'm you know I'm heading towards starting a foundation. But once I made that public and I said that in front of three thousand people. There was really no turning back from there, which is fine. And, uh, you know, it, and now you have a foundation, <laughs> whatever it takes to get started is, is what you do. And, and speaking of that, you know, I think, you know, one thing that you can do right now is just taking that step, you know, that first step, whatever it is beyond, you know, writing down a list of ideas beyond thinking about whether entrepreneurship is right for you. It could be or it could not be. But, you know, there's no reason that anybody can't take just a few minutes of time and maybe sell something on eBay. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, you might find that you like it and you might want to make a business out of creating things and selling them or anything. You know, it could be it could be anything. Or you could even, you know, if you have an idea, register the domain name. That's a great first step. I mean, I do know a lot of people who have a lot of unused domain names because they have a lot of ideas and haven't figured out if they want to, how to, or even if they want to start things with it. But they have, uh, they've at least taken that first step to move forward, whether it's talking to someone and coming up with a plan, doing some market research, asking around, or registering a domain name. Yeah, and I think that's one of the easiest things is to register a domain name. And it's not terribly expensive either uh, to get started with that. Uh, we do have a listener question. It is, I have always been able to budget, but now that I'm an entrepreneur, I can't seem to get a handle on planning my finances because I never know how much money I'm going to make. How do I plan my finances? Super fun question. Yeah. And it's what do we always ask ourselves. It is not easy. You can easily create a budget when you know what your income is going to be from month to month. And, you know, a budget is not set in stone anyway. It's It's got to be flexible. So it changes with your circumstances and your needs and your desires. First of all, stop looking at a budget like it's, you know, set in stone and that you have to stick to it all the time and that there's no flexibility because a budget should have some flexibility, should be a guideline, um, and that's going to help you a little bit. But the problem is when you don't know how much money is coming in month to month, but you do know how much you have to pay in bills. So you should at least figure out what your minimum to live on is going to be, especially if your income is unpredictable and it's also low. You have to find a way to make things work on a day-to-day -day basis. And if that means maintaining a day job while you start entrepreneuring at night, then perhaps that's something you can do. That's that's how I started. That's how I started. I mean, I didn't plan for consumerism commentary to be a business initially, but once it was, I was working on it at night while still working at my day job. And I just had to make a commitment to do that and spend my time doing that. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. You start with your baseline of expenses and say, what is the minimum I need to meet these expenses that I have? And then when you have extra money that month, you set it aside in your fund, in a, in a fund, in an extra fund where you can draw on it later if you need to. If you have a really, really crappy month, you need something to draw on. 
So planning ahead and when you have a little extra, especially when you're in the starting phases of your entrepreneurship journey, it's very important when you have extra to set that aside. Yeah, and we have to watch out about the whole lifestyle idea. A lot of people want to be an entrepreneur because they believe that there's a lifestyle that they deserve, which involves being able to be financially independent and not have to worry about how much money they're spending any one day to another. But, you know, just like we discussed at the top of this episode, that life is not going to just happen for everybody who decides to start their own business or work for themselves. Most of those small businesses are not making much money. A lot of people would have done better off staying in, you know, a corporate job where they have a predictable income on a month-to-month basis. So, you know, I think we have to get away from the idea that I'm becoming an entrepreneur so that I can be financially independent. You're becoming an entrepreneur because you're, you know, you find a way to be able to do something that you like doing in a way that you do that in a way that you want to do it for the most part. If you're able to make a lot of money doing it, great, but you should be preparing for a long path towards success. That is a very good point. A long path towards success. And I think one more thing to add is at the beginning of your entrepreneurship journey, you will work longer hours and harder than you ever did in a real job. You just will. You know, later on, you can get to the point where you can work less or you can delegate some of your stuff. But when you first start out, you need to be prepared to work and work a lot. Yeah. Often when we work for someone else, we don't feel like we have a vested interest in the success of the company. We feel like, well, things are going to go on whether I show up or not. You know, uh, someone else is going to fill in if I slack off or if I, if I get laid off, they're just going to find someone else. Well, when you're the entrepreneur, when you're leading your own business, all of that falls on you. I mean, if you decide right. to disappear, the company disappears with you. Right. At least until you've created enough, you know, enough so that you're you become a business and you have people there to fill in for you, but until you get to that point, the success of the company relies on you. You showing up, you doing the work. You have a vested interest direct in everything that goes on. That's right. And speaking of which, Help join the adulting community and make adulting successful. Visit our website at adulting.tv. Go ahead and like us on Facebook and join our community. And definitely subscribe in iTunes and Stitcher. Leave us a review and send us questions. And if you have an idea for an episode, if there's something you want to learn about adulting, make sure to let us know on the adulting.tv website. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.